The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to Gucci Row on the Rebel HD2. I'm your host, Kevin Kelly, with co-host Will Despart. Sitting Gucci Row like they say up at UNLV. Thanks for tuning in to our courtside conversations covering all things NBA. Young Rebel, young money, nothing you can tell me. What's up, y'all? We're back in the studio. Kevin Kelly. Will Despart. And again, we're back here, man. It's the uh, start of December, and um, in-season tournament stuff is rank- ramping up as uh, this uh, this weekend it comes to a close. We just saw this week the first uh, ever quarterfinals in the in-season tournament, um, as we're going to just get into some of that. But, uh, Will, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. How about you? I'm good, man. I got a lot of... <laughs> A lot going on with um, finals and projects coming up and everything, but it's good, man. I get to go home to New York in a couple of weeks, so excited about that. Good stuff. For sure. And then uh, you got, uh, I know I always do this, but you want to detail a couple of the, we got Jack Jones coming up. I just got my approval for that. Anything yeah, else coming I did up? too. We got the Jack Jones games coming up this weekend and Wednesday. Um we got a lot coming up, honestly. Yeah, it's so, hard to even like detail it all. Got the know? UNLV bowl game. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right I wish after Christmas. I wish I was gonna be I'll here. Be for staying that. in Vegas for that. I won't be. Well, I'll be going to Arizona the day after for Christmas for the game, but I won't be going back to New York for Christmas. Right. Right. Which is fine. I don't want. I don't want to deal with the cold. That's two holidays in a row for you, though. You gotta. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the holidays happen to be in the winter, uh-huh. so that happens to be cold. And that's true. Like yeah, cold, that's why so. we came out. Nah, but anyway, to get into some basketball, um, this this. This week we saw, like I said, the quarterfinals. So we'll start with on Monday, uh, the Pacers beat the Celtics 122 to 112 to secure their spot in Vegas um, for their semis. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton had his first triple double ever. He had 26, 13, and 10. Um, did you get a chance to see this one, Will? I did. Yeah. Um, I mean, Halliburton's a beast. Uh, I'm excited to see him play here. I think. I mean. There's been some debate on the TV shows recently about if he's the best point guard in the league. Yeah, I know. I, mean, I said he's the best passer last week, so that might be a little premature, but he's definitely making the case. Uh huh. Yep. And then so, yeah, he he was special. He had a, a four point play towards the end uh, that kind of put the the Celtics down and uh, was getting MVP chance at the line. I know you know you mentioned that obviously it's tough to keep up, but if if he does, you know he has to be in those conversations. So. Um, yeah, really fun to watch, and uh, they. Uh, he also mentioned in the post game presser that, in addition to trying to get to Vegas and all the in season tournament hype for them, they uh, really just wanted revenge. The Celtics beat them by like fifty one earlier in the season, uh, which is you know, <laughs> never, <laughs> never something that you're going to be okay with. So they uh, got their get back there, and. Um, they get a chance to compete for this five hundred thousand dollars for each each player, which for the Pacers is pretty significant. They have uh, the lowest payroll in the league, so just by winning in the quarterfinals, they secured a hundred thousand for each player. And if they lose in the finals, it's two hundred thousand for the runner-up. But if they win, like I said, it's uh, half a million dollars for each player. What uh, what does that mean for the Pacers? Well. Obviously, a lot for the Pacers. I mean, there are a lot of guys on rookie deals and minimum deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that 
for me, that's the teams that really can benefit the most for it. Not even just from a pay standpoint, but teams that are like fringe playoff teams that haven't really done much in the playoffs recently. Yeah. I mean, that's good for the fans and for the team. It gets them something to play for. That's not just. That's a really good point. Like, because the atmosphere, to speak on, which goes to the success of, of how it's been, but. The atmosphere in these games has been playoff, like especially when you talk about these quarterfinals and stuff. So yeah, like for those young teams to get that experience and that environment that they you know won't be able to make or get if they don't make the play in, is uh is definitely big. And then the money, like you said, like you know rookie scales and like you said, I was looking at the list of all of them. There's like they have a handful of guys making under a million dollars this year, so that's a a really big boost for um for their payroll. Um, and then the Celtics, they were without Porzingis, which you, you could see with their interior defense. It's just not the same. Um, and like he's out with calf soreness, with kept him out for some of for playing for Latvia, and we've seen him have this little injury bug before. So I hope he can get back. He he's pretty big to that team. And like I mentioned with their bench um, last week, I think that their depth isn't there, especially when you look at that side of the ball. Um, so yeah, the uh, another one Monday night was the um, Pelicans Kings game where the Pels won one twenty seven to one seventeen, and they arrived yesterday in Vegas. Ingram had a, a thirty ball and big time shot making down the stretch. Um, did you get to see this one too or no? Yeah, I did. I mean, the Pelicans. This is what they should be doing, right? I mean, they they have the players. If they're all together, they should be a playoff team and they should be winning games like this. So. No, I agree. They're young, but they're not like Pacers young. They're like should be competing young. So, no, I agree there. And they got Trey Murphy back. He was a big-time contributor. And then um, Herb Jones, who had like 23, uh, he, he was special too. I think especially when you look at their wings, like their ability to defend, that's a team that should be competitive. And to see them in, in, in this um, in this part of the season having health is 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 good too. Um, Bi said after the game, with as much excitement excitement as he's even possible of <laughs> of mustering, he said that uh, how much he's like in Vegas and wants to be here. And um, yeah, he obliged when Chuck asked him to meet him at the roulette table. So uh, you might see him at uh, the Cosmo or the Win around this week. Man, stay away from Chuck on the roulette table. He's a gambling addict. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be a fun time. Well, yeah, it'd be a fun time, but not if you're losing, not for your wallet, because you'd be throwing down big hands. <laughs> That's true. But, um, going yeah. hand for hand with the chuck wagon. I, I'm good on that. He's got a lot of money, big, big wallet there from uh, TNT. So, um, yeah, anything else on the Pels game, or should we go on to Tuesday? No, we should go on. All right. Tuesday was, uh, last night was the, um, the Bucks smoked the Knicks. They hung 146 on their head. This was, uh, you know, the only game of the quarterfinals that wasn't really competitive and uh, down the wire or down uh, to the wire down the stretch. So, you know, you, especially on the Tibbs defense, they uh, really, really were able to give them buckets. But the the Bucks offense is now, I think, third in the league, top five for sure. But their defense is, uh, I think, middle of the pack at best, but it's significantly fallen off. Um what, why do you think some of those those changes have had in their schemes? Well, Dame obviously is going to make you a bit more liable on the defensive end, just especially getting rid of Drew Holiday, who's 
a top tier defender in the league. That's obviously going to have an effect on the perimeter defense. And just Giannis, he's not he's still Giannis, but he's not he doesn't play with the same hunger defensively that he had. Like it, it's kind of just reliant on the skill set now as opposed to like the beast he was. And especially in, when in the regular season cuz in the playoffs he has those moments where he looks like the best defender on the planet still, which is maybe just uh speaks to his maturity and being able to ramp it up at the right time, but yeah, I think another big aspect here obviously is no more Budenholzer and there's a new coach in town, which if players buy in, there's obviously going to be big changes in um, just fundamentally how you, how you play as a basketball team and what you hang your hat on. So, um, yeah, we've seen them buy in a lot more on the offensive end, and that's, like I said, taking a little toll on them defensively. But I think all in all it's worth it, especially as a uh, recipe for winning regular season basketball. So um, I don't know. I think that they will be able to – not really flip that, but turn the defense up to a similar notch when it comes to the playoffs. But if they don't and they just have this elite top five offense in the middle of the pack defense, do you think that's enough for them for for winning and to make maybe a finals run? Or do you think they have to get back to the defenders that they were at one point? I mean, you never know what can happen in the playoffs, right? Like Having Giannis and Dame on your team is enough to make a finals run if everything breaks your way, but it's not enough to just say oh it's not enough to feel great about going no matter what right yeah like you have the celtics in the way who are are better on both sides of the ball really Mm -hmm. you have the sixers still who are not what they were last year but they still have Embiid. they still have maxi like that's still a tough seven game series to play and they added a lot of veteran wings and and guys that can fill in there yeah keep going that's really like the east is the heat are still there i mean they're not as they're again. The Heat are probably going to limp to the finish line and <laughs> s- snag a seven or eight, but Which they're going to be there. They're not an easy yeah. player, especially for the Bucks who that have that kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I mean, like I said, I I think that they're very capable defensively still of turning that up. It's not like their personnel is all that different. I will say, to your point about Dame, uh, kind of subtracting from the defense. This is certainly true, obviously. Um, his, uh, like personal, uh, defensive numbers are not good, have never been good, but also they, uh, have like Malik Beasley in there at the two who's, uh, tried to, he's bought in, but he's not an elite defender by any stretch either. So that, you know, they do have some issues that they'll have to overcome if they want to get back to that level of defense. But all that said, I think if they are middle of the pack, that offense with if anytime you have someone like Giannis and Dame as good as they are on offense, yeah, like you mentioned, you're going to be able to compete and make a run if if the the marbles roll your way. So I agree there. And then um, the other game last night was a, a lot better one. Um, Lakers beat the Suns 106 to 103, and uh, LeBron fulfills his promise to come to Vegas. Um, I don't know if you, I didn't get to see this one, unfortunately. It seems like I really missed out. Uh, I don't know if you got to see it or not. I had it on in the background. Yeah. The volume was off, but <laughs> I mean, obviously there was that controversial, that call. I mean, people are saying it's rigged for the Lakers. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how valid that is, but they definitely, I could definitely see them wanting to get the Lakers to Vegas. Yeah. Especially with the you know the proximity there, there's going to be a lot. Oh, of... this is a this is a Lakers city. Yeah, and there hasn't there wasn't many 
I mean, with the Pacers and Pelicans, those aren't two teams that are going to push tickets. So to get the Bucks and Lakers in those games, yeah, that'll, that'll help. True. So I uh, didn't, like I mentioned, didn't get to see it. But what he's referring to is, uh, I guess, like at the end of the game, Austin Reeves was swarmed, and um, they, uh, he was, they the ball was like arguably loose, and they got a timeout call. Still, um, you know, I, I saw someone saying that the two minute report is going to say that Book fouled him from behind, which you know. Whatever. But basically, people didn't think they should have got the timeout. They gave it to him, and uh, the Lakers went on to win. Um, LeBron had 31-11-8. I mean, it's it's cliche to still say this, but it is ridiculous that he's doing this at this age. I mean, those numbers are just—he's doing it night-in, night-out basis, and we've never seen anything like that at his age, so— I'd be remiss not to mention how ridiculous it is to still see that. He's definitely like Tom Brady in the sense that his body is just like not human. Like it's <laughs> yeah. just robotic in the sense that like mm-hmm. he doesn't really get in. He does get injured, but it's not like serious. Like it's just nagging stuff. It's not like he's never like torn an ACL. He's never like. And that that's like a that just sparked this thought. People always, you always hear about like, oh, LeBron spends a million dollars. Oh, you got to take the same formula that LeBron does to save your body. And all that might be true, right? I'm sure that he takes these extreme, but like, you, like to what you just said, there is a, a level of, he's just a ridiculously unnatural athletic body that is uh, <laughs> not falling I mean, it was that time. way even when he was a teenager and he never had any professional development. He was already the most athletic person we ever saw. So yeah. I mean, so he is that's, just a freak of nature. I guess what I'm saying there is to, is to like to use him as a blueprint is fine, but you, to expect anywhere near the same results running that blueprint is is uh, delusional. I don't know. Like even his build, like that's not typically a build that would work in a basketball For sure. player. Like six nine, like two eighty, pretty much. Like that's like. That's a defensive end. That's like that's like the biggest defensive end in the NFL. And if you look at that, the only person similar to that is Zion, who's a few inches shorter, but is like riddled with injuries because of that stature and like and nowhere near as nimble. He's yeah. And when you have that sort of like you said, like the Zion Lebron explosiveness at that size, like yeah, for your knees and ankles and everything else to hold up is insane. So. And another thing about LeBron is he he really polished his game, like, polished parts of his game that, like when he was young, he was just like a slasher who could hit the occasional three and mm-hmm. make the pass. But he was those early years in Cleveland, he was absolutely a scorer first, and he was the best scorer in the league besides Kobe. Yeah. And then when he gets to Miami, he's still a scorer, but he kind of has to facilitate, kind of has to, shoot, to like, it. Yep. shoot it a little bit more. He has to get Wade and Bosh involved. And then there was the stretch where they decided they just weren't going to shoot it at all. And they, like, yeah, the the transformations that his game has taken over the years, unbelievable. It seems like there's no style of basketball that he hasn't played. And and then you have now. He's, like, one of the best passers ever. So it's, like. Yeah. Yep. And still, like, is able to. His his strength at this age still is, like, remarkable. It's, I don't know. It's unbelievable. But, uh, so, yeah. Obviously, Suns, Lakers, we had a, another KD versus LeBron. Um, we finally got a few of those this year after nothing for like a handful of years between the two, just based off like injuries and, um, you know, just unfortunate circumstances like that. But uh, that's obviously maybe this most or I'll, I'll say second most important matchup in the NBA in their generation. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, to get that after a long time is 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 really fun to see. Those are two guys that are 
unarguably, inarguably top 15 of all time. And uh, yeah, it, like I mentioned, it's a decade after they were being debated at, in like 2013-ish for the best player in the league. And <laughs> they're still both up there in the conversation. So. It's almost like sucks for KD because he's like in any other like normal world from like 2016 on KD would have been the best player in the league like once LeBron hits like 33 34 that's when a typical legendary player starts to hit a decline and it just never happened yeah he like couldn't wait on and his then the years fall. it did happen it was Giannis that kind of like ascended yeah. uh-huh but now it's Jokic I think Jokic probably is the best player in the NBA yeah that's true and like you mentioned, like with the rise of Giannis, Jokic, Luka, all these guys that are obviously now right there firmly in the top five, the fact that KD is still competing up there is like, yeah, it sucks that he never really had that time as the clear number one because of LeBron and them, but yeah, just to still be up there is, is I would remarkable. argue too. It was probably him in 2017. Like 2018, I, LeBron went so nuclear that it's hard to argue, but in 2017 in those finals, he was more efficient than LeBron. He was the best player on either team. Yeah, I mean, the entire season he was really the best player in the league, even with Steph on the team. I yeah. mean, he didn't have the stats to back up an MVP vote, but... Yeah, it's interesting. I think I agree with, like, 17 to KD, 18 to LeBron. But the, the cool thing is there, you could make the argument either way there because, you know, obviously, like, two finals MVPs for KD and, like, it, the they both had a really good uh, argument for best player alive at that point. Like, at the very least, that's the best argument for KD were those years at like the tail mm-hmm. end of Golden State and they, people weren't going to argue it then because obviously the KD narrative then was and negative and it was kind of like that. yeah but we'll say that like oh he was so good because he had Steph and all that which I I, I just don't buy no, I think it was I mean a beneficial part obviously my yeah. thing with sports is they see these things and they always want to attribute it to it's like the Brady Belichick thing they always want to attribute it to one person yeah. but it's beneficial like things are not typically black and white yeah. they don't one person wasn't going to do it like that like Steph doesn't win those finals by himself and KD doesn't get there either way like, yeah no no I agree um so you know like I said to still see them six years five years after that uh still up there and and having that debate be held is ridiculous um so fun to tune in there and then like we'll get into right now we have the uh semis coming up here in vegas for the in-season tournament um the odds here for FanDuel have the bucks as the favorite at plus 160 the lakers at plus 230 pelicans at plus 330 and the pacers are plus 480 um just as far as a winner, do you like anything that you see there, or what do you think? Um, I mean, I think I like the Pacers against the Bucks. I mean, just because they're playing hungry. Yeah. But you know what the NBA likes to do with the Lakers, so. Yeah, we'll get into um, the the match, like the individual matchups in a second. But just as far as a winner, I agree. I think it's just at those um, at that value, Pacers. Uh, I like for sure, but then I think Lakers I'd, I'd take next. I think they're going to get to the final pretty handily, and then that'll be a fun one. I uh, while while the like the person in me who loves watching young players just wants to see Pel's Pacers. Um, I know I realize that Bucks Lakers is the obvious hope for the NBA here. Um, yeah, and then also by FanDuel the MVP odds are. Uh, this one's interesting. I have a couple good values here, but Dame at 380, 
Giannis at uh, plus 430, along with Brandon Ingram at plus 430, and LeBron at plus 430, and then Tyrese at plus 450, Anthony Davis plus 750, and then Zion down at plus 1600, followed by plus 10,000 for guys like Chris Middleton, Miles Turner, and Austin Reeves. What do you see there? Well, my thing is how much are they going to count the Final Four, right? Do we do we know that yet? Like, um, yeah, I'm not. Sh- is it going to be sure. kind of like a final, like the NCAA tournament thing? Like, it is the final four MOP. Like, I have a feeling it's just the last game. But then, yeah, maybe like who knows? Like, it could be anyone. That's that's why I say that those. That's what I'm saying. Like those t- that ten thousand odds. And to be fair, even if it's not like Turner's been really good. I don't. And then Reeves had twenty last night. And if they have a couple big games, I think. By far, what I'm trying to say is that the 10,000 is the best value there because it's such a small sample size. Even if it is the quarters and semis, like, you know, uh, yeah. that leaves room for guys like that to win. Um, and then I was shocked to see, uh, uh, I guess, B.I. at the same odds as LeBron and Giannis and uh, ahead of Tyrese. It's funny they made Dame the favorite considering he was the uh, Mickey Mouse MVP. Like Literally, <laughs> like the, not even the meme. They gave him the Mickey Mouse trophy in Disney World. <laughs> yeah, no. And I guess the the rationale there, obviously, is that like if it comes down to um, the wire, the ball's going to be in, in Dame's hand. And uh, he's one of the best clutch players in the league. So, yeah, yeah, obviously. But that is funny. <laughs> and then... Um, so per each matchup, we got a uh, one of them is that the Bucks are uh, favored minus four and a half over the Pacers, and the over under there is two hundred and fifty four and a half points. Um, either of those standing out to you? I mean, over unders in the NBA never like I, I can never get on the right side of them. So I mean, <laughs> they're usually spot on, and you're just yeah. betting on a few baskets one way or the other. Uh, I will say I'll take Pacers in that game plus four and a half though. I mean I'm sure even if the Bucks win it'll be down to the final possession. So yeah, that's a good call. I like that, but not as much as my, I like the over. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the the Bucks are middle of the pack on defense uh, and like third in offense. The Pacers are I think worse than middle of the pack uh, at defense and number one in offense. So and then just. Being uh, such a maybe high excitement game in a a neutral uh, territory like Vegas might bring out some offense. So, I I don't know. I think we might get like a a 140, 130 something type of game. Hell, I'd like to see that. Got my tickets, so I'd like to see something makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, And then so the other one, the other semi is uh, Lakers are favored by one and a half over the Pelicans. And the over under there is 230. Um, you got a side on this one? Uh, I mean, I like the Lakers to win. This is their place, their city. They they have familiarity with it. They played here in the preseason. I mean, LeBron's here often. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's basically a home game for them. They're going to get on the plane. They're going to fly an hour. And to that point about LeBron, it feels like just written in the stars for him to win, like, the first one. And he's talked so much about Vegas and, like, wanting a team here eventually. It it does feel like that. So, yeah, I'll go I'll go Lakers there too. Um and then I'm kind of with you over under on this one. I, I don't have any read on that whatsoever, but so that's uh that's game 1 or no, that's game 2. Game 1 of the semis was the Bucks Pacers and that's at 2 uh p.m. Pacific time at T-Mobile. 
What do you What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like at at two p.m.? Do you think it will matter? Or? I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I think it'll be a little better than those college games for sure. I think there'll <laughs> be. I think there'll be like at least ten there, ten thousand. But yeah, I mean, I I I think they might have a little trouble filling the lower bowl. Yeah. We'll I see. mean, I got upper bowl tickets, so I'm gonna hopefully try and sneak down. Yeah, get a little, get a little 100 seat in there. But I'm with you, and it, it helped. Uh, uh, the pocket on the first one is a little, little easier because the Lakers fans for the second one, obviously the time, um, p- people are out of work and everything, but Lakers fans too f- are gonna flood the uh, T-Mobile, so that one's gonna be uh, a lot more filled and a lot more expensive, and uh, inevitably the uh, the atmosphere will be insane for that i'm excited to see what the lakers bring and uh yeah it's um it's just it's a big future it seems for nba basketball in vegas so yeah like like you mentioned with the lakers fans like they played here against the nets in the preseason um and they uh i was at that game they had the same same thing they had the stands flowing in just like a, a sea of yellow and gold it's they're they do really own this city so it feels like it came up fast too. Like it, it's tomorrow. It yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I, it feels like it. Like they've definitely been like advertising it and branding it, but it kind of feels like it's definitely snuck up for sure. Like the group stage was kind of such a long process, like almost a month, and then you just like snap right into quarterfinals, semis, and then you're done in like with the span of a week. Um, but also like it, it, it brings up a good point of like. It's December now, but it's, and I haven't really, I don't know how to mention this, but the like dog days of the season, so to speak, of the at the end of the fall, uh, didn't hit whatsoever. I think because of this, where you're gonna end up the end of in season flowing right into like Christmas Day basketball and everything, right into January excitement about trades and all star stuff. So it seems like if anything, like it really has done a good job of cutting out that sort of um, mundane, if you will, um, at a spot in November that fans sometimes uh, don't get super up for. Well, I'll tell you one, like, I would not be watching, like, regularly NBA. Like, I'm, I watch every sport, like, a lot. Like, I'm a junkie, so I'm, I'm whatever's on, really, and whatever's the popular sport is what's going to, like, get mm-hmm. my main attention for that season. And this is football season. Like, it's college football. It's, it's yeah. College football is reaching its pinnacle. The NFL is reaching the fantasy pinnacle. Like, this is not a good time for NBA ratings. And yeah. these games are getting people like me who are not regular November viewers of the NBA to tune in. And that's and to your point, a like, huge there's W. No shortage of stuff to talk about in those to- other two sports, college football and NFL. Um, so, yeah, like, to still have that, you know, like you said, talking and um, eyes and everything at this spot. I agree. And then also, like we mentioned... I'm not going to walk it all the way back, but uh, I know we were not big fans of the the courts and the jerseys at first. I'm still not really rocking with the jerseys, but the um, but the courts, I can kind of get with. It's been fun. Opposite for me. Opposite for me. I Interesting. Think, well, I, I was playing 2K, and the jerseys look better on 2K, so they, <laughs> look, they look all right. Some of the jerseys look a little better. I wonder how they look in person, too. But... The courts, I can't do it. The courts, I mean, I'm 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 usually someone who would be like, okay, I like like a little a little flash in yeah. the court, but like some of them are just a, ridiculous. I can agree. Some like of the them Pacers are. one, watching the Pacers game was like, uh, that was tough. Like that was actually tough on my eyes. Interesting. 
because the Lakers, like the, the the bright yellow, like I can't do. that. I just hate the red ones. I don't know what it is. I can't. I can't. I think I would like ones. the red ones, but like I think I would like like red or black or like a dark color better than I would like. My the favorites ones. are like uh, the the w- Timberwolves have like um, two different like like earthy light blues, and it looks like almost like a pool. Like I like it, and then uh, but. I just think like to well the wolves had the best uniforms too with the, yeah they, the lake theme. yeah they did well this year yeah um, but just I think like although it's not uh, what you expect or like you know doesn't go along with um, traditional branding of the stuff I don't know I think it's just been fun and uh, like you said something to talk about which has been good so um, excited to see that one and then uh, like I mentioned we're gonna be flowing right into um, all-star talks and all that type of stuff after. So, um, excited for all that. And then, uh, yeah, I guess, um, college basketball, there's a lot going on too. So, you know, mentioned, like we mentioned, Jack Jones and everything. Um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of, uh, good hoop going on, ready to watch it all December. Um, what, uh, what are you thinking for, um, No, what's <laughs> all right? So that sorry, that's all we got this week. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. It's been Gucci Row. I'm your host, Kevin Kelly. Well, that's part. Thanks. That's a wrap for Gucci Row this week. Thanks for tuning in on the Rebel HD2 with your hosts, Kevin Kelly and Will Dustpart. Sitting Gucci Row like they say up at UNLV. You can find us on Instagram at one Kev Kelly and Will Dustpart. We'll see you next time on the Rebel HD2.